0: interested in like what you've been doing moving forward like your mission what you've learned what you're channeling to me as a channeler I can tell you're channeling whether you describe it that way or not I'm just glad that well I don't know is there anything else that you you really want to say what's coming
1: to me is to help people change in difficult times so they don't have
0: to run into the house
1: So they don't have to die to say they could have, should have, would have do it all over again, Mm because some people won't have that opportunity and chance. You know, um, it's not a superpower. It's not something that you want to look up at or think highly of someone that had a near death experience. A lot of people that have a near death experience come back and they're still blind to the realities around us. They're just so fixated on now I'm a near death experiencer that they don't know about the.
0: Welcome to Unlocking the Light. I'm Ray, your host, and I want to take a moment before we start today's podcast to talk about the guest and why I sought him out and why I wanted him to come into our space. Lately, I've been coming across a few NDE stories on YouTube, TikTok, and podcast. And if you're not familiar with what an NDE is, it's short for near-death experience. And today's guest, Malcolm Nair, has had one of these experiences. After a night of consuming lots of drugs and alcohol, he decided to drive from a party to meet up with a girl and on the way there and while under the influence, he crashed his car into a house. To hear the full story of those events, I provided links in the description below and I also provided resources and a podcast episode free to check out and to get all the details about how Malcolm saw his body in the hospital bed how he could hear people's thoughts around him while he was unconscious. And these resources also include when he went to the other side, saw source and angels, and when source gave him a decision to come back or, you know, just listen to the resources I gave you, you'll get a better view and fuller picture from those resources below. And I do encourage you to watch or listen to at least one of those resources so you can get a description about this incredible experience that would shape and change Malcolm's life forever. And in my interview with Malcolm, we don't talk as much about the NDE itself. Instead, we chose to focus on how this experience has shaped Malcolm and how he lives and coaches today. And currently, he is using his NDE and all of his early life and current life experiences to assist people in becoming mentally well. Also, a quick warning, Malcolm had a really hard childhood with some pretty traumatic experiences, and he even endured some sexual assault. It seemed like he was a little bit older when these happened, but I will include the timestamps for those experiences in the description below. If you're not in the space to hear those things, feel free to kind of skip over them, maybe come back to them on a different day. But I do like to kind of give a heads up on those kind of things because some of it can be kind of hard to hear. So as I chatted with Malcolm, I quickly learned he has a mission to guide his clients to take a hard look at where they have become a victim to their current and past circumstances. And he honestly, I just feel like he has a gift in changing their mindset around these experiences to help them live in alignment with their true spirit. And during our interview, I noticed Malcolm also has a unique passion for mindset coaching. And there are a few moments where we both notice we have different styles when it comes to coaching. And we even challenge each other on our perspectives a few times. And we add different perspectives to, to each other's coaching. And honestly, I feel like that's what makes this conversation Unique. We shouldn't always be like living in a vacuum. We do not have to have exact same coaching styles to be able to have conversation and help people. There's a reason why there are coaches for this and coaches for that. And I really feel Malcolm has a calling and a gift to help people out of difficult situations. And I feel like this passion and this gift is because he was in such a dark place before his NDE and even a little bit after his NDE, it took him years to live in his life purpose after that experience. But now that he is, he's very passionate and waking people up to their potential without them having to experience an NDE and meet source and wake up in a hospital bed in order to wake up to their life purpose. So please keep your heart and mind open in this interview. Honestly, a few days after talking to Malcolm is when I posted the seven-day journey on the podcast to get an idea or a lifestyle change off the ground. If you remember me doing that, it's a few episodes back. Go check it out. And I do believe that I did that because of my conversation with Malcolm. He definitely inspired me. And just listening back and thinking about our conversation, there was just like little lights turning on where maybe I was falling to who I've been and not who I've been in the past. And like, I don't know, it just really sparked some interesting ideas. Um, There were times, I won't lie, that I was pushing back a little bit. But I think sometimes that was because my mind. My mind really wanted to defend and or resist his perspective on things, and that's why I'm asking for this episode because he is a mindset coach. I think he might trigger you a little bit, and I think your mind may push away some of the things that he is saying, and also you're more than welcome to keep your perspective on things. We are not making you or telling you what to think. It's more to just open your mind a little bit and take what resonates, leave what does not. And I'm just going to be honest. Like There was a couple of times where I was a little uncomfortable, but the more I thought about it, and instead of just like writing him off and thinking, oh, that's not how we're supposed to do this, and that's not how we're supposed to do that, and that's not how I'm supposed to think about this or this or that, I just, again, opened my heart, opened my mind. And I do think, I personally experienced a shift after talking to Malcolm. So I think that's beautiful to me. It's all the proof in the world that he's a transformer. He's an activator and he really can help you change your mind about your current situation if you're open to it. And our mind likes to defend. Our mind wants to keep us where we're at because it doesn't know how to change. It doesn't want to change. You know, that's our job to introduce new thoughts new habits new experiences and our mind typically wants to defend and keep things the way they are so if there is a moment that you feel a little on edge or something just breathe you know just again keep the mind open keep the heart open take what resonates leave it what does not and thanks so much for listening now let's get into the conversation with malcolm nair We're just going to get right into it. So Malcolm, how's your day going? How are you feeling today?
1: I feel great. I feel energy. I feel thoughts. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm great. Um, I just, I'm excited to serve and and see what different things I can say to reach different people. Because people who have seen my near-death experience videos or a lot of my content, they are always asking the same questions and they're always wanting to know more. So I felt this time around, I want to change it up. I want to speak about different topics, different things that I never went deep into, mm-hmm. um, such as like, you know, like premonitions, uh, how our spirits are being guided, you know, how, like one of your questions were, how do you stay with the light? How do you mm-hmm. stay connected to source? Right? So things like that. So I, I just want this to be an open-ended interview and let's see who we can reach and who we can serve.
2: Okay,
0: cool. So I'm glad we're going down that area because we will, I do sure. promise y'all, we will talk about Malcolm's near-death experience, like what all he saw, what he experienced. I also will have resources below in the podcast for y'all to also see other creators and the the interviews he's referring to so that we don't have to repeat too much and we could talk about different things. So one of the resources you gave me I did want to talk about this like when you were a child I think you said you saw spirits. so I do want to talk about that so can
2: you absolutely
1: tell me that? I used to see no I love this already because now you're going off the beaten path I'm the type of person when I go hiking I'm the one climbing the waterfall I'm the one jumping over the ledge where they say there's bears you, you, you could die there's a cliff I'm like okay challenge mm-hmm. <laughs> so I love challenges um But yeah, I've always been sensitive to spirits. So I never practiced in that area. So you know how a psychic or medium, they start experiencing things as a child. And then as they get older, they just kind of gravitate towards them, they become what they become. With me, I kind of purposely chose not to go down, down that path, I could have experienced it. But I used to see things like happen and being around friends and family that share stories like, you know, some of the negative things with Ouija board and ghosts and things. And some people who do prayers and their magic stuff and voodoo. And then there's like other holy spiritual magic. And I've always engaged and witnessed things such as like, you know, spontaneous combustion and like random sweatings. And my cousin, he used to levitate and he used to do these prayers and stuff. And he talked to me about it early on. And I just, so then I was very heightened, very alert, very aware, very conscious aware. So when you become very conscious aware and you start to understand your, your thoughts and your patterns and stuff, you get like this universal algorithm. And I started to pick up on feelings and frequencies. And I would see like, you know, like I'll be sleeping over at my cousin's house. And, you know, for example, he passed away, they did a huge ritual prayer thing, and all the family members are there, they're like, just uh, doing their process, right. And I slept in his room, and I saw him in a physical form, Mm -hmm. in full clothes, and full skin, full body and everything different than what I've experienced before, just spirit. So I saw his skin, I saw a beard, but, but it was like a mixture of my grandfather and him because my grandfather died be, uh, first and my cousin was the one to take care of him. And he used to smoke weed. Mm-hmm. So I smelled a lot of marijuana and, and my family was saying he might come because he died yesterday. And he might come and grab his leather jacket. He wasn't wearing his leather jacket when he died. So I woke up and I saw him in his leather jacket wearing cousin? my cousin. Oh, okay, yeah. And there was another uncle, grandfather uh, guy because there was a lot of uh, people staying over and he was sleeping in the room with me. He was scared and he ended up uh, getting up and he left the room. And the next day they started talking about it. So these instances happened a lot of my life where I would see things and tell people. I've even witnessed I was hearing voices and heavy breathing. And I was sensitive to it because I was picking up on it. And I was able to, not able to, but I had something trying to f- make me aware of its presence. So I started hearing heavy breathing first. I started hearing its presence, footprints, foot footsteps and stuff. And I was staying in my parents' house at the time. We're no longer in contact, but I was staying in the basement. The basement got cleared. There were tenants living down there. And I go downstairs and they set up my room and everything. And it was like this presence knew I was upstairs waiting for uh, the basement to be cleared to be downstairs. So it was waiting for me to come. And next thing you know, I was in a REM sleep, like I was in theta, mm-hmm. and, but I was aware of it. So I kind of pretended to sleep while being conscious aware, and that right when I manipulated it and tried to deceive it, it started to come towards me, and it leaned on the bed, and it came over me and started to strangle me, and I ripped it off of me, and I threw it off, and I shouted, I said, get off of me, get out of here, I'm not scared of you, you know, so I started to understand that I'm the light, I'm the power, I started to leverage dark energy, so I started to learn this stuff early on with things I was doing because there was no point of being scared if it was already around when I was trying to be positive or if I was scared so I was like let me try to fight it
2: Mm. and
1: so that was another scenario where that happened to me but I've also seen people being possessed Mm. around me like really possessed like when you see that movie um what's that that famous movie where she turns her head all the way around everyone's watched that movie the
0: exorcist
1: yeah the exorcist yeah Mm -hmm. so legit just like that like being possessed vomiting head turning around and stuff like weird crazy things that nobody wants to believe but then you see it you see it in like you watch shows and i this was early on right and i stopped watching Yeah, how
0: early on was did you see that
1: that was at my grandfather's house and i I believe I was like 12, 13 years old Mm. and, and my cousin, she, she got possessed and they all were trying to uh, protect her and pray over her. And they carried, they were grabbing her and pulling her. And she turned her head and looked at me. And my dad said, go, go upstairs because you're going to be susceptible to this. And I was brave, but I was nervous. I was scared, but I was like, that's my cousin, you know, Mm -hmm. like I wasn't, I didn't feel like, It was someone separate, you know, it was like, I, I I wished her well. I'm like, Mm -hmm. my God, I hope they take care of her.
0: Did you have a hard time? Cause like hearing you say this, uh, like I was very, a lot of the stories you're saying now, I didn't have that experience, but I did also have like some kind of dark entity like lay on me, but it felt very much like, did you ever see the Goonies? Yeah. Okay. So the guy with the eyes that are like lopsided, It felt like that was laying on me, like drooling on me, breathing on my neck one night. But aside from that, I had a hard time as a child watching things like haunting movies or The Exorcist, stuff like that, which I shouldn't have been watching that as a child anyways. But my sister really liked it. And there was like this movie called The Haunting that I like threw it out the house. And she was like, why would you do that? That's one of my favorite movies. I was like, we shouldn't have things like this in the house because- I was also sensing spirits. I'd seen them as a child too, and she had seen them too, but we didn't learn that till later. But anyways, Uh I'm amazed that you weren't afraid because I was terrified of that. So I'm curious about that.
1: So early on, I had a connection to source, but I didn't know how to channel positive energy out of it. I didn't know how to manifest and consequences. So I wasn't able to be conscious aware of consequences, I was just engaging in negative content and, you know, gravitating towards these negative energies, thinking that was life. Like my cousins are playing Ouija board and they're playing music and they're lighting candles and they're doing crazy things. We're watching the exorcist. We're down in the basement early on, as early as I can remember, like I grew up from in a divorced family at one years old. So as I got older, like two, three, four years old, I was around negativity, uh, like older cousins, you know, watching negative things and horror movies and pornography. And I was introduced to a lot of negative things. So I didn't know right from wrong. I didn't know, hey, be the light, like focus on positivity, like there's consequences to this. So as I got older, I started to learn how to disengage from that and realize that you're going to attract more of that. I didn't know for many years, I wasted 20 years of my life being negative, being toxic because of my surroundings, you know, like my family, my uncle, my, like I, my mom had many, many men figures that were like my father figures growing up. Right. Like, and then on the other side, my father also had like, women and he was very negative and toxic and my mom was very negative and toxic. So, mm. so they used to do like all these prayers and stuff to fix their life and fix their broken marriages and bo- broken relationships. And I would, I would like see that, wow. So when something's not going right with my mom, she tries Christianity, she tries uh Roman Catholic or she tries Jehovah witness or she tries like Hinduism or Muslim. And I'm like, I was always engaged in that. And then I, I was around a Buddhist temple too, because I grew up near Chinatown in downtown in Vancouver, British Columbia. So I grew up in, uh, they called it the BC housings, uh, Campbell and Hastings. So I grew up in housing units mm-hmm. growing up as a kid. And there was a lot of dark energy around there, like negative things and mm-hmm. stuff. So it, I was not scared because my life was already scary. Like I used to babysit my, my three-year-old sister when I was five years old, five, six years old. And I would hear gunshots in the back alley. And and my mom would be working 12 to 15 hour shifts. And I was always listening and hearing traumatic things. Like I'm talking gunshots, gang related, drug deals.
0: Hold up. You were at home by yourself at five with a three-year-old?
1: Yeah, I also witnessed my mom take a kitchen cleaver into my stepmom, my stepdad's head. And I seen, I seen a lot of things like I'm talking one of those old school welded kitchen cleavers, like my mom butchered my stepdad in the head and it was stuck there. And I had to take my little sister three years old upstairs. And, you know, we're only three years apart. And I had to do things like that. And I had to babysit her and stuff like that. And, you know, I had like bad stepdads that were very abusive, and just having different men figures in and out of my life. So, so seeing spirits and ghosts were like, more curiosity, I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, okay, cool. There's something else to worry about other than my life. You know, like, what what what's that? You know, so then I started to engage in things like that, and wonder what all that was, but you got to get out of it, though. You know, I, I teach people, you got to, Disengage from negative content on your Facebook, on your social media. Mm -hmm. Stop posting, stop commenting, stop liking. Don't watch horror movies for a certain period of time, certain music. Sometimes you got to learn how to disengage and find yourself to understand Mm -hmm. who you truly are. So you can be strong enough to, you know, know what you're manifesting, what you're attracting, what you're not. Like I could go to someone's house and I can feel entities I can i can sense like something's there there's an en- energy there they're like how did you know i've seen it I can feel it right yeah. you know I, even my sister she's very uh in tune with these kind of things as well but you know there's a fine line I mean yeah ask me more just
2: yeah <laughs>
1: ask me more <laughs> So i can
2: go off track sometimes
0: yeah yeah no this is this is what i like so i did like how you said and this is kind of it's going to be a segue a little bit but like i like how you said uh, about manifesting so i did notice in one of the other creators that you referred me to you you are very specific in the way you say things and mm-hmm. uh when you talk about your nde you talk about you manifested the party that you went to which i don't yeah. think that a lot of people associate negative experiences as manifesting. Like to like a lot of us, I'll even put myself in that box. Sometimes it's like, I'll think, Oh my gosh, how did that happen? What is this? And like, obviously I'm each day more and more awareness of how things are. I am interacting with my world, but I love how you said that. So I would love to talk about that topic of like manifesting all the time. That's the vibe I got when you say it.
1: Absolutely. So I'll kind of, I'll go backwards, but I'll, I'll start off by saying, so I don't forget to say this, that manifesting backwards, your cycles, patterns, and karmas. So in order to do it positively, you got to manifest backwards to release the old. So now coming to manifesting negative energy, it's inevitable because we're, we're in a duality, right? So for example, if you don't cleanse yourself, if you don't fix your mind, body, spirit, if you're not working on your health, your mindset, your spiritual set, you know, you're not you're taking care of your gut bacteria. That's all manifesting. It, things are manifesting. Disease, health, your thought process—it starts from your gut.
0: Hey, everyone. This is the part of the interview where Malcolm mentions sexual assault, and I know that's a sensitive topic for some. So that's why I wanted to pause and remind you to look below at the timestamps for this topic. He talks about it for about 30 seconds coming up, and then he moves on to something else. But in about four minutes, I ask him to break down his comment a little more, and we talk about it for about another nine minutes. Again, the timestamps are in the description below. This is a very deep topic that we only get to talk about for about 10 minutes. So it feels a little rushed and incomplete from my perspective. But Malcolm was very vulnerable and open to share his experience about his assault. And it can be uncomfortable for anyone to share this experience And I do want to highlight that historically men have the hardest time sharing this experience. So I want to acknowledge Malcolm for that and his openness to also share his perspective of how he's processed what he went through. I truly think he found a way to move on from this experience and not let the assault control his life. If you have experienced an assault yourself, just know you may have explored and or may be exploring different methods to. Process this experience, and you are still entitled to your own way. Please know all of our healing does not have to look the same. And I'm very grateful for Malcolm for sharing how he has processed it. So, as a sexual assault experiencer myself, I think any way we find a way to be a victim once during the said experience and not be a victim again and or every day to our perpetrators by having it haunt our lives and our actions forever. I'm fully in support of that and how you navigate that. So again, I'm grateful for Malcolm for sharing his process. And now we will get back to the show.
1: Okay, so... Let me say this. Um, When it comes to negativity, I manifested the day I was raped, right? And a lot of people don't want to hear that. A lot of people say, no, that was a a, a circumstance and, you know, you can't blame, you can't play, you know, like, the thing is, once you grow up, once you develop yourself, raise your vibration, become at a higher consciousness you can look at life differently. We're not mm. here to judge. We're not here to condemn. We're not here to prosecute. Once you get to that level, you're able to forgive your rapist. You're able to forgive your enemies. You're able to forgive the demons.
2: Mm. And
1: that's how I was able to banish the demons out of my life. I was able to banish uh, the toxic negative uh, circumstances of my life. I was able to quantify and quantum jump new experiences. I was able to break generational curses. I was able to break cycles of past tortured relationships, toxic, abusive, negative, jealousy. So all these types of scenarios and experiences in life, we're manifesting from our belief system, from what we've seen, from the movies we watch, from the narrative that uh, teachers and and doctors and principals and uh, friends and families and uncles and aunts passed down to us uh cousins so we may think that like say someone watching this is is living in their life they have anxiety they're stressed they don't want to yeah something's going on with their family dynamic their mom and their cousins and you you see the picture like they have that circumstance but they're watching this they want better they want positivity they want to just manifest something else they have to accept and admit where they are right now with they can't just skip that this whole chapter and be like I want to just attract I just want to manifest out of this so they have to realize what is attracting this what are they engaging in what are they allowing their family to do what is being brushed under the carpet they got to ask more questions they got to do more research watch documentaries they got to Uh, watch a lot of podcasts so then they can go back and see from a third person right like Mm -hmm. separate their spirit from their brain and look at look at their life circumstance and Mm -hmm. be like my mom is like this my dad is like this my family is like this and how am I now going to perceive it how am I now gonna you know fix this and the reason why they have to do that is because they're not going to manifest correctly so if they Mm -hmm. manifest a relationship out of just a blind eye that, you know, I don't want this dynamic. So I'm going to get into relationship and make it better. They're going to attract and manifest a cycle, a pattern. That's going to lead to a karma. So it's going to, it's, it's inevitable. So they're Mm -hmm. going to wonder why am I attracting this? And then they don't look back and realize, well, of course, I have past generational curses. I have, you know, uh, paradigms and my family's like this. Yeah, of course, but I thought I could fix it. I thought I could turn a blind eye and make my life work. Why does this keep happening to me? Why has 20 years passed? I've researched so much manifestation, so much amazing things. A lot of my clients come to me and say this, and it's because they're not addressing the root cause. They're not addressing the negative energy, the negative manifestations and the negative manifestations could be like being argumentative, you know, the di- dialogue, the tonality, the, the things you engage in it, it's the littlest things that you can start focusing on and fixing now to change what you're manifesting. I mean, you can break it down and challenge me so then we can get into, you know, more ideas around that. Oh, I got the
0: notes. I'm ready to break it down. So Talking about manifesting your rape, please go into that as much as you want because I also have had a similar experience and it took me a very long time to accept my part and like what I was repeating in that cycle. So I was curious and I wanted to pause on that because that's not something people want to stop. And, and we have a lot of, yes. so Yeah. I like you
1: for that. I appreciate you for this. So let me bring it back in, in, in this way. So I'll get to how I manifested it with the life I was leading and not paying attention to the cycles, patterns, and karmas and not understanding how to manifest backwards. So, what happened was prior in my life, things in society, in the news, you know, you see family, you know, you see things as a child, like, oh, my uncle's touching, you know, that that girl or my uncle's touching that, that my, my auntie in a different way or my niece or my whatever, whatever age it may be. Mm-hmm. And, and you look at that and you're like, and you question, but you don't do nothing. You don't say anything. Everything's being suppressed, suppressed, suppressed and nobody's challenging the status quo on TV or whatever. So we're just being indoctrinated into what's okay, what's wrong, what's right. So I started to see this in my life and I'm like, not questioning it. I'm questioning in myself, but I'm not challenging. I'm like, oh, so that's okay. They just did that. You know, it's okay that, you know, an uncle is like touching, you know, a four year old as a joke, as a joke, like it's okay. And then they make it so okay that when you get older, that you look at it like, you know, if you're if you're gonna be like me and be um, what's what's the word I'm looking for, um, defiant, very defiant, and and talk out loud and 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 speak up, then people are gonna hold that in. And when you start holding that in, so I've held it in for years, then you start to build that self character, that self identity, and that self image of yourself, and, and energy around you can feel that so you're going to attract more men more women with that energy. So I was manifesting that energy, that frequency, that vibe, just from my character alone, my self identity, my self image, the way I perceive the world, you are what you attract. So you attract who you are, right? You don't attract what you want, right? So I was that person, so I was attracting like weirdos, I was attracting like, Mm. you know, somebody, I was seeing weird things, like a guy at a bus corner there touching his thing or a woman, you know, being vulnerable or a victim to something. And I was meeting people, girls all the time, talking about how they were raped and molested. And I was always observing and I was being a noticer. And one thing in life, like we have to observe and be a noticer and ask a lot of questions, either internally, and externally as well. So I'm like, creating this psychologist side of me unconsciously, like not even knowing I was going to become that. Mm -hmm. And then even tapping into it being being around psychologists and therapists and social workers and stuff and seeing how they operate and how they work without having the life experience, just having that knowledge from the books, but not being able to help people, uh, you know, thoroughly in the sense that, You know, a lot of people go to therapists, doctors, psychologists for years, and they find themselves still stuck. It's because of manifesting negativity, not understanding how to manifest backwards. So take a look at your life. And I took a look at my life and I'm like, you know, how am I reflecting this? How am I perceiving this? How how am I projecting it out into the world? Because when you perceive something and you project it out, the world sees you as that, and that's what you manifest. And that's how it happens. So I always tell people, does the world see you as that, what you want to manifest? That's why you're not getting it. Because the way you see the world from everything that you are today is how the world sees you. So if you're not changing your self-identity, self-character, self-image, if you're not, if you're not addressing the root cause of a lot of things, then you you are essentially becoming more of that so you're going i attracted a circumstance i was at a birthday party you know and i was drinking and i literally fell into it into mm-hmm. that victim mindset where i i was the victim of a circumstance
2: mm-hmm. and
1: and and i had no self control no will no strength to be like no stop like we shouldn't do this or that's weird why are you kissing me on the cheek you're a grown man Like, and I look at you like a family member. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't challenge it when I was young, right? I was like thinking, okay, that's just weird. So what are you allowing, right? What are we not speaking out about? What are we suppressing inside? So, you know, however people want to take it, if you want to kind of challenge me on that and break it apart a little bit more, you know, like how I manifest, that's just one example, but I've manifested like drinking and driving. I've manifested my car accident. It's like Mm. our spirits are guiding us either to live a prosperous life or live an inevitable death. And that's what happened. I attracted my death. My spirit was almost guiding me to die.
2: Mm. I was
1: manifesting the party. I manifested the drinking and driving. I manifested the girl giving me the cocaine, giving me, you know, me having the mushrooms. It's like, one thing after another how could you sit here and say that oh no don't say that how can i be this Mm -hmm. aware person saying i didn't manifest that of course i manifested that Mm -hmm. you know if i can go back into that lifetime today and i can go back into it i would manifest waking up in the morning and saying no i'm in control of my life I don't need to go manifest a party today. I can manifest maybe going to Jugo juice or getting a good juicer, drinking some fruit juices. You know, I can manifest sending out love or saying thank you for how far I've come in my life. So I wasted 20 years of doing it the wrong way only now to wake up in the morning and be like, thank you for my hard times. Yeah. Thank you. Because there were lessons, right?
0: Yeah. So the reason why I said I could like kind of relate to you on that is because when I look back at that moment when it happened for me as well, um, something in my spirit said, leave, said, go but these people were calling me lame. They were like, you're boring. You don't even have kids. You don't want to come out and drink with us. And I was yeah. like, I didn't, I don't like when people call me boring. My boyfriend called me boring just the other day and it really made me mad. And I was like, it still gets to me. So that trigger of being looked at as if I don't stay up late as, as everybody else. I don't drink as much as everybody else. And like, so that people pleasing part of me brought me to that situation. And so I won't, I, you know, and so there were people there that could take advantage of me in that space. So right. like, it took me a long time to kind of wrestle with this feeling because at the time I was also very psychic. I was doing psychic work. I was, um, I was creating communities. I had a bunch of book right. studies going on. I was, I was like on my, my vibe and, and I thought the universe betrayed me. But when I go back to the moment, I always think about how I do think my gut had told me to leave. And I just, I said, no,
1: stay on that. Yeah. Our, our subconscious mind, if we don't know how to separate that from our conscious awareness and start to think of our conscious awareness. So there's a way where we can reprogram ourselves for our subconscious mind to work for us. So what that was, was whisper that we all we hear in the world like that whisper it came to us but i dismissed it if we can get so powerful where we get that whisper and we could acknowledge it and empower it and make the right decision in that present moment then we can rewrite our destiny and understand our consequences before it happens and that's how you premonize you can i have premonitions Mm -hmm. we're all psychic you know, we're all mediums, we're all, uh, you know, traveling, we're all able to uh, remote view, we can all do it. It's it's and the way to get to those levels is by paying attention to who you are, and what you are, and building more a fun relationship with that. Uh, but when you said, you know, I got a whisper, you dismissed it, and you allowed your your, your subconscious mind and, and your 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 brain to just do that, your ego mind. You didn't have a, a good enough relationship with your ego mind. Mm-hmm. So what happens is I teach people how to build a relationship with your ego mind and your ego spirit. Because if you don't, it suppresses and, and that's what happens. It, it gets suppressed and says, fine. And then that's why our spirit will guide us to do destruction. We're either going to destroy our lives, or we're going to construct our lives into brilliance. Right. And, and then we, people like to blame God for that and like to blame circumstances and blame, you know, be a victim and say, Oh, I blame the universe for this. I blame spirit. It has nothing to do with that. Spirit is there, Mm -hmm. but we are, our souls are the students of life. Right and we're trapped in this physical world, in this, in this brain and body connection with all these emotions, all, all these souls and everything around us. How do we maneuver through life with all of that? It's by understanding the present moment. You know, you got to understand, spend quality time with yourself. There's steps. There's so many
2: steps. Know, it's
1: so- There's <laughs> a lot of processes and, and, and that's what I do. I it's, go- it's not as hard. It's not that hard.
0: Yeah. I want to go to the relationship with the ego mind because I will sit there. Like I'm also teaching my clients a version of this. I wonder if we have a similar one where like, um, my, my mind will say something like, Oh, I shouldn't go there because I'm stupid. And I used to just push that away. And I'd be like, Oh no, I'm not, not, not stupid. But lately I've been like, okay, tell me more. And I was like, well, because you don't have this much experience. It's like, okay, tell me more. And then it'll, it'll say, well, because blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, more. And then I just let it go on its loop. And right. then all of a sudden it stops. It just stops. And I think it just wants to be heard. So when I hear you say a relationship with the, with the ego mind, that's kind of what I feel right now. It's like, now I hear it and I let it say what it needs to say, but I don't always associate. Whereas before when I didn't want to hear it, that's because I was associating myself with it. That's why I was suppressing it. And now I'm like, what do you got to say today? What what's, what's your what's your problem today?
1: Beautiful, I love that. And to add to that if you were to add to that, you could just have a more meaningful in-depth relationship by saying, "Okay, you know, I understand. I hear you. I see you. I feel you. Um, I acknowledge you." Because then what happens in that moment is like your ego right is acknowledging your ego spirit because essentially that's your spirit right and your ego is the one saying okay what do you have to say now what do you have to say now and then you just let it but that's your your spirit that's your ego spirit right so once you this is why people have anger issues this is why people have road rage this is why people want to be so compulsive they want to react is because They don't know how to take time to breathe and understand their thoughts, their feelings and their emotions. They don't see, hear or feel themselves, but they expect everyone else to hear, see and feel them, but they're not doing it themselves. So they're so reactive, right? Mm -hmm. They need to build that relationship with themselves. So then they don't have ego in a negative way. You know, they don't react and they don't say, they don't feel they need somebody else to do it for them. It helps in relationships too where you can have your own security, your own conviction, your own self-love. You don't need it from your spouse or your partner, you know, essentially they need to build it for themselves and, and, and it'll help you not get in fights or arguments once you learn how to build that relationship with yourself.
0: Yeah. Because actually it's happened a couple of times with like, with my boyfriend I really love him and certain things will come up in my head and I'm like, what is this? Like, and I don't even want to acknowledge it because it's frightening. But then I, when I let it go, and I'm like, oh, there's nothing there that's scary. This is life. Yeah. That's a normal thought. That's a normal feeling. It's a normal emotion. And so I love how you said that because I was trying to remember, I have it on my phone, something the universe, I get channeled messages when I walk. I mean, I get channel messages all the time, but yeah. like, it was something about like listening to people because when you truly listen to them, It's like, they're always trying to fight to be right. They're trying to fight to be known. So if you don't try to change them and you just listen to them for a second, then they have to wonder and like they they're truly seen and heard and it can not that you're trying to change somebody, but the universe was like, just listen to them. Don't try to change them because they're literally fighting to be seen. And the moment they're, they stop having to fight to be seen. It's like they get to choose whether to let it go or not. But so many people are unheard and unseen, even like you said, within themselves. Yes. And when you can hold that space in like, I even posted something today that came to me after conversation and it was something about, um, I haven't it written, it's better to listen than to know, because when you know, you stop listening. Um, and I felt that after I got off the phone with a family member and it made me just feel like that's, I don't know. Something about that just resonated with my soul because we're always trying to change each other and stuff like that. Yeah,
1: I, I know. And, it, and it's and ourselves. <laughs> it's 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 difficult. It's hard, even with our own families, with our own selves, with our relationships. It's easier said than done. You know, we we can totally dismiss it with our friends and family and ourselves, but we do it for other people we don't even know.
2: And, you know, Mm -hmm. for
1: our clients, we give them that space. It's crazy. And then we don't do it for our own girlfriends or boyfriends or partners, you know, Mm -hmm. and our parents. Uh, But we can be better versions of ourselves if we just ask ourselves, you know, how do you feel? And then let your spirit say, well, I feel, you know, you're not listening. to me. I'm hurt. I'm upset. I'm pissed off right now. Or if it's an inner dialogue about a relationship, then you say, okay, I I hear you. I see. I understand. I acknowledge that. Um, And then you do that process until you really feel that you're connecting and listening. So it can really humble down when you humble down your ego, it doesn't need to fight anymore. You, you held that space. Then you could say, it doesn't serve us. And we can let it go. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with cutting cords. And a lot of work that a lot of people do is like, you know, they wanna cut cords, they wanna release, they wanna say, then, therefore, it doesn't serve me. I let it go. And, you know, all those kind of things. But they do that work without doing this inner work, mm-hmm. the manifesting backwards, these cycles, the patterns and karmas that I teach about. That's what people need to do. So then they're not, another year doesn't go by they're catching themselves in another circumstance they're in another cycle and then how do they how do they uh deal with that cycle what's the pattern that are are they gonna do right Mm -hmm. what what's the habitual pattern after that cycle in life comes back around what is your pattern that's the test god is showing us Mm -hmm. okay now what's the test oh you either failed or passed now that's the karma right? That's, that's how I break it down. That's exactly if we can start noticing our own conscious awareness, you know, and understand that we have the ability to be outside of ourselves and look in at that. That's very powerful. Mm. It becomes very powerful. And it's, it's not difficult. We all have that divine right here being born. So we got to, you know, decalcify ourselves, our chakras, our gland. We got to start uh, healing from within fast. You don't need to have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That was programmed into us. We don't need to have dairy cow milk that belongs to a baby cow. That was programmed into us. We don't need to be having cheese and processed foods and that health check mark gimmick. It's such a fraud. We don't need to be doing that. Once we start listening to our soul and our divine right, and we declutter everything around our life, we're going to get more connected to ourselves naturally. We're going to get those downloads and those channels and whispers. So everybody can, can start receiving and being a higher version of themselves.
0: So I'm noticing like, uh, like it kind of comes up in your conversation a lot is like looking outside of oneself. And I'm wondering if like, you have an easier access to this because you've literally seen your body. You've looked at it and you've been able to be outside of your body. It It helps. And, And I don't want to phrase that as if it can't be done for other people, but do you feel like you, like, because you have, I feel like it's a very easy access to it because you've experienced it. Do you feel like that's part of, I, I want to get to like your sole purpose and like when you realize that after your near death experience. And I don't know when we're going to go into that specifically. I'm sure people are just like, what happened to him And RT. at the same time. this is So great. I know. So let's kind of like fast forward past the near death experience and maybe go to like how long after you saw the universe or whatever you like to call it. And you were back here. I, I noticed from your past interviews that it did not come like you were, you would still describe yourself as like kind of living a negative lifestyle after. Right. So how long did it take for your, your purpose to start? I think, you know what I'm trying to ask. So years,
1: years, It we're all the same. We're all, we're all equals. And just as hard as it is for you, it's hard for me. But do you want to have life to be easy, right? Do you want things the easy way, right? If you do things the easy way, then things will seem difficult. But I'm, doing the walk like the hard work now so then obviously to other people it seems easy but it's not it's hard work we're in this physical realm it's dense it's full of emotions when i came back to earth and i came back into my body and i woke up off life support my body hurt my i was in my brain again. All I cared about was the emotions. I disconnected from the source, the spiritual side, and I was back into misery and complaining and victim mindset. I was back into that Malcolm, right? Mm -hmm. So it took a process. It took years to connect. Um, Did you
0: ever not feel like Malcolm when you were outside of your body? Did it ever occur to you that you weren't anymore? Yeah,
1: I wasn't. So Malcolm was the ident- identity that was placed on me, right? Uh, you know, the day I was born, they they give you that name, and then they do all that. So when I separated from my body, I realized, who is that guy?
2: Wow! Holy
1: smokes! Like, like I'm, I am me.
2: Mm-hmm. I am,
1: I am what I am. But wow! I'm a soul. I'm a spirit. I'm an angel. I'm this divine being. And that was just a game. This was just an illusion. And everything just kind of passed uh, my eyes. I just viewed everything. And I realized after I came back that we have to have our life review now. So the test Mm -hmm. to people is like, you know, it's not hard. It's not about it being easy to, you know, channel or get yourself out of your body to perceive yourself. It's what I said that I hinted to the food that you're eating, the labels that you're not reading, you have to, they
2: Mm -hmm.
1: are suppressing you. And it's strategic. So you need to be strategic, you need to be so aware, it's tough to go in your fridge and your pantry to be like, I just invested in all this food, I have like 1000s of dollars of food, 1000s of dollars of clothes, but consciously be like, you know what, we're all gonna die. None of this goes with us. So for that reason alone, I'm going to throw everything out. So I did it. It was hard. I opened up my fridge. I threw hundreds and hundreds of dollars of food out that wasn't serving myself, but these were downloads that I got from, from having my experience. So one thing that I could say for people now is to get closer to that without having to die is just take people's advice, listen to stories, (laughs) how people are changing today, like take it all and put it all together and create something out of that, whatever suits you. But food is huge shutdown to your spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, the content you, you watch is a huge shutdown to your spirit. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts and belief systems is a huge shutdown and hindrance to your soul. Uh, we are When almost- you say shut down, yeah.
0: I, I, I really want to stop on that because like, as you're, as you're saying that I'm in mean, this picture in my mind, almost like if you're turning off a water faucet, like it's almost like you have the water on, but then you watch something, do something. And then it's almost like it turns that off. Yeah. Like, so I just want to like pause on that because I don't know, do you have anything to add with?
1: Yeah. So there's two ways to look at it. There's people that are channelers, mediums, psychics, that serve for higher purpose but then they live their life and they're still doing only you know the truth about yourself you can lie outside of yourself you can lie to the world but you can't lie to your spirit your spirit will tell you the truth so only you know if you're still eating junk food arguing with your boyfriend if you're still like you know watching netflix and chill and hanging out and playing video games every now and then not cleaning your house being lazy procrastinating only you know that so that's all a subtle shutdown to your soul mm-hmm. right but but we're we think we're doing something great and therefore it's enough it's never enough if we're not expanding we're shutting ourselves down for higher levels of awareness there's other higher levels, levels there's always more levels of awareness. So if i was just cleaning out my food, right? That's one level of awareness. Now what's next? Okay, i do that. Wow, okay, what's next? It's never it's never enough because just like money, when you when you receive that $1000, it's like wow, i i achieved that, therefore i know i could achieve the next $1000. So it's never enough. You know, mm-hmm. even your financial richness, it's never going to be enough. You can't change yourself with that new car with an extra thousand dollars in your bank. You're just projecting more of who you are. So if you're not cleansing yourself, you're you're just not becoming a better version of yourself. So mm-hmm. I would say just start, you know, intermittent fasting, you know, cold showers, you know, start biohacking, start learning To pray to yourself, understand that you are God, you are Mm -hmm. source, you're a direct connection to source. When I realized that I was my own entity, why shouldn't I be here in the physical world praying to myself? Of course I should. So, So that will help as well.
0: Yeah. Lo- okay. So that's what I was trying to get at because it's like, people may be like, okay, shutting off my spirit. What does this mean? And I, I would agree with like a couple, like, well, with a lot of what you just said. And I I do, I will be honest. Like sometimes I I'm in a course right now for, uh, to be a, a minister of metaphysics and a lot of what that entails is I have to read certain modules every day for that. And the days I don't read those modules, It's not as fun of a day because let me tell you, they're always reminding me that I am, I am source or like sources within me sources outside of me. So whatever you're asking from the universe, you are the universe. So like what you're not going to give yourself something you're not going to do, you know, things like that. And it does become, so I like how you're saying there's layers of awareness and I see you want to say something. Cause I'll let you go.
1: It's there's a fine line between, knowing that you can receive outside of yourself, but knowing at the same time it's inside of yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's like when you're manifesting, you're trying to attract and then you say after surrender, let go and just trust and know, but then people keep saying, where is it? When is it coming? When is it coming? And keep praying to God, keep praying to God. It's like, you got to know that, yes, you asked for it to be received but therefore you are that receiver and you are that person that channeled it out. So it's like, you are, you're, you are in and without, Mm
2: -hmm. you
1: know, you're, you're, you're both entities. Like that's the duality that we have to live in. It's Mm -hmm. like a, it's a, it's a fine line of contradiction. It's like, you know, are you God or are you not God? Right. It's like, you're both, Mm
2: -hmm. you know,
1: you're both. It's like, there's a higher version of ourselves. There's a higher source. There's a higher meaning to everything. But we're a part of that, mm-hmm. right? But we can't just say it's outside, it's out there, you know? Right. We have to believe and trust. Like me, I don't need to take uh, courses and modules and stuff. I realized that only after my near death experience is mm-hmm. that I downloaded all the answers and all the modules to pass with flying colors in college. When I went back to school, when I was a grade six dropout, like I, how did I download? Right. Mm -hmm. I didn't need to go and, and become something outside of myself to receive that. Right. It was just becoming more of what I am and what we are, right?
0: Yeah. And I love how you were saying something about like distractions and you were like it was quote unquote they, whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're seeing us, you did put quotes around that. And so when I see the they it's like society, it's the program, it's all of that and how yeah. even today before this, um we were talking, I was listening to one of my favorite um people, Julia Cameron. Have you ever heard of the artist way?
2: I
1: might've, I, I, I download so much content that I don't stick to names anymore. I just, I I consume on a daily basis. So it's Mm -hmm. like, I might've, yeah.
0: So she, she talks about how like, she doesn't go online and she literally just spends all day with her soul and stuff. And I remember I've done that before and I thought about it and I was like, man, I kind of want to maybe do a whole month of maybe I'll post on my TikTok, but not engage on my TikTok, not scroll. And then maybe not watch television or anything like that for a month, just to like get reacquainted with, with that. And it feels very vast and also feels very empty. And, um, and that's what I kind of feel as you're like talking about when you're able to tap in and receive all these messages, it comes from that, you know, it comes from that, the spirit,
1: something I hope we did we addressed. I don't know if we we did you asked a question you're like for the audience,
2: mm-hmm. what
1: if they find it difficult you might have an upper hand because you had an outer body experience how can they feel they could do these things too? Well,
0: well that- yeah I guess yeah I can hear it see how you yeah mm-hmm.
1: so outer body experience they could play frequencies meditations and they could do things like that they can channel they could practice. Uh, it's a lot of practicing and researching, and and everybody can do it. anybody right. can have these experiences without having to die. And if you want the guidance, you need the help. There's a lot of people out there. Like get somebody who who knows what they're talking about, and learn and and take notes. You know, and you can do
2: it.
0: Yeah, and I think that's why I really wanted to more focus on like your mission and what you've been learning after your NDE because. I don't know if you would agree with this, but I feel like there's a reason you're back here. You know what I mean? Like and I did notice how like when you described that you had seen um the the I don't know if you would call them like a council, but you saw multiple figures after you passed yeah. and then you looked back and I was really interested in how you said there was a darkness back there and I knew I couldn't mess this up, so I went to the light. Could you like I'm yeah. curious about that.
1: I love that. Um,
0: (laughs) Like what was back there, but we don't get to know probably. It's like what
1: we do on a daily basis. It's like dismissing our purpose, dismissing our fulfillment, dismissing those whispers, dismissing the right decisions, being a victim to peer pressure. It's all of those things. And if I was so programmed with that here in the physical world, me looking back and, and challenging that, I would have come back as a vegetable and Mm -hmm. I would have to do work even harder without being conscious aware. Mm -hmm. So me just being vulnerable enough to be able to surrender and trust where I'm going helped a lot. Um, so yeah, it was, it was freaky because I'm like, if I, if I try to dictate this myself, if I try to be the leader that that's when God's going to be like, okay, there really, um, We're faced with these tests, these challenges. And that's why you got to be very, very. you got to watch out what you say. It's like, you know, when you say, I don't care, or, you know, you dismiss those, those whispers or those meaningful consequences that, you know, you could have should have done or would have done, then you're faced with the karma, right? So that would have been my karma. Mm -hmm. But so I didn't turn back and I didn't, I didn't come back into uh, my body you know, I I chose to go forth with with that. And I saw counsel, I saw my guardian angels that were going to be there. It was presented to me that, you know, finally, we're all told that we have guardian angels, that we we have angels, we have all that. We, We do, but we don't know who they are. We don't have that connection, right? I now am talking about it, because I didn't talk about it. You're asking these good questions, and you're like going deeper, right? And I like that. I like challenges. I like contradictions. I like, like, I like that. So now I can tell you that like you can specifically tap into specific angels Mm. um, if you want to, right? You can receive a particular service and gain access to those uh, higher dimensions. It was my own unique experience seeing Source. Everybody has their own experience, but it was my connection To source and source asked me are you sure because I was like looking back at my life review and I was like I can't go out like this I gotta come back I gotta fix that oh my gosh like my son's gonna feel like this my ex is gonna feel like this my mom's gonna feel my everyone's gonna feel like this and did you see
0: how they were gonna feel after you passed away is that why you're saying that or
1: yes I know it's like certain people I was able to see that I really pinned in on Mm -hmm. like my son, for example, you know, my ex, my mom, for example, my sisters, you know, like it's like this, if you die and you left here and the shadows said, well, you know, you could have published a book. You were Mm -hmm. so close, but you never did it. Mm -hmm. But your source, your source, you are saying, I was so I could that's in a blink of an eye really or in a blink of an eye I could have apologized Mm -hmm. wow so why why on the physical was so hard but up here it's like that's how easy it is it's like a glimpse it's like a a blink in the in an eye like you can just look at your life and be like but then when I came back it was it was hard it was like wow so now I consciously decided I was welcome back. I, I said, I'm, I'm ready. I'm sure. And, and to God, source, universe, whatever you want to call it. I said, are you sure? That was the test because mm. most people come back to life and they slap God in the face. Most people get in a car accident and keep drinking and driving. They keep partying. They keep hanging out, keep making mistakes. And that's a low vibe, low consciousness. So that's why I was at are you sure because I could have easily died my body could have been there as a vegetable and I could have been like easy peasy right you want life to be easy peasy I feel glorious right now I'm welcomed I'm amazing but I looked at that and I said no I'm going to go back to heck right Mm -hmm. and I'm going to face this and I'm going to no matter what it takes are you sure yes I'm sure. Well, I didn't know how hard it was going to be. God Mm. didn't give me those lessons. God didn't say, this is what you got to do, Malcolm. This is what's (laughs) going to happen. These are the whispers that I'm going to give you later on in life. I'm going to teach you these things later on in life. You're going to get a whisper about this. You're going to get a download about this. Okay, it's going to be hard with your sister. It's going to be hard with your mom. I wasn't prepped because if I was prepped, I would probably be like, "Uh, it's okay. Let me just die. (laughs) (laughs) So 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 that's why i was not warned so i i didn't have time to reflect on those consequences right but i just said you know i can't go out like this i can i'm gonna do it and that was the test Mm. how do i tap into source my higher self while living in hatred while living in anger while living a victim mindset while wanting to condemn and judge everybody around me. And I did, that's why it was a hard journey coming back. I was like still resentful and angry and bitter and toxic. And I wanted to throw everything in everyone's face. And I wanted to tell everybody what to do and where to go, but I didn't want to do it myself. I wanted, you know, I was just a contradiction
2: Mm -hmm. And,
1: and contradiction before, but even after my death, I came back and I'm like, but one thing I had that connection I was like, wait, wait a moment. So I failed. I made a mistake, but that's a slap. Like, what am I doing? So I became more conscious, aware of my consequences. Therefore, I started to learn how to cycle through it. I'm like, okay, if I'm about to die again, I have to sacrifice. So I, I, I contracted pneumonia when I was smoking cigarettes. That was a slap on God's face. It's mm-hmm. like, why are you smoking when you have a second chance to live? Uh, And then I was battling with my mind, body, and spirit. So the consequence was I caught pneumonia. So we're all faced with lessons. Like people need to pick up on these. Like the pneumonia was a test,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: like another risk. Me being on pharmaceuticals was another test. Was I going to stay on it, fall victim to being an addict and liking being on morphine and back painkillers and using the system being on the system claiming insurance for my car insurance and living on the system that was a test it was hard to choose right from wrong in the midst of it being comfortable mm-hmm. you know you have to be uncomfortable being you know you have to be uncomfortable to get used to it being comfortable it's it's difficult you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable at first you got to be be in the uncomfort and and become comfortable being uncomfortable like it's
2: yeah.
1: it's a lot of work but it's amazing I don't,
2: <laughs> like come on i don't want it to,
1: to be like people get discouraged to do mm. personal growth and personal development yeah. it's hard would you rather have hard? you know do you want more mistakes
0: well keep- i love your process and i don't know if this is like something you teach in your clients but i did write down something you said um again in one of the other videos surrendering, accepting, and admitting, which mm-hmm. I find like I really like the process. If that is something that you use, because something I I used to have a podcast with my friends, we called it Grace, Accept, Evolve. Because what I've noticed on my journey is like a lot of times I have to meet myself with grace, with like where I'm at, what's going on. And um and and I and personally I'm kind of working from my life from trying to find a way to change through self-love instead of self-hatred, if that makes sense. Like I'm trying my best to kind of like, look at where I'm at, tell myself it's okay. And then acknowledging though, that obviously something doesn't, it feels off and I'm not, I'm not living up to my potential. Like when you say right or wrong, I hear in your power or not in your power. That's kind of how I hear it. It's like, am I going to take if I, am I going to claim my power back and direct the wheel on this, or am I going to continue to let my unconscious mind take the wheel and drive? So, like, you know, where I mean, we get to use whatever terms we want, but that's kind of what I see it as. And it's like, why not realize your power while you're here? And to me, that feels and and, and sometimes it is. It takes a lot of courage to take the wheel of your own life and also accept all that responsibility. But I do like your, your surrendering because I think in surrender, I, I, whenever I surrender, I say, you know what, you know what universe, I don't know what I'm doing right now. Um, I know that you love me and you want me to make the best choice, help me. And so that's what I love about surrender and then accepting there to me, there's a lot of grace there too. So if anybody is feeling like, it's like, Oh, this is hard. Uh, yeah. What do you think about grace? How does grace come in to, to your team? <laughs>
1: So there's a, an amazing truth and lesson from what you're saying and the mistake that I was making before I got to grace and giving myself uh, that kudos or it's okay mm-hmm. and, and admitting and surrendering, I, I was dismissing the fraudulence. So the mm-hmm. fraudulence is the key factor here is being weak in the fraudulence, accepting the fraudulence and being vulnerable and admitting and surrendering into the fraudulence and saying, I am wrong. Saying mm. I am weak, I am I am abusive, I am toxic, I am engaging in this. Instead of saying it's okay, now we're gonna change and move forward. The missing link here is saying, okay, that is fraudulent. I am fraudulent. I am being fraudulent. I am being self-destructive. I am being you know I'm undermining myself or I'm undermining my yeah. spouse or admit admitting you know admittance and acceptance is huge, but looking at yourself and being okay, saying I'm a failure, like I am a failure, I let myself go, I am getting fat, I am fat, and then getting to the process, the steps, but it is a process, and I do do all the process, then getting eventually to, but I no longer choose to live this way,
2: Mm.
1: and re-identify yourself, re-characterize yourself, re- look at your self image but first you got to look at you from where you are stop dismissing and saying it's okay we got to get better you got to start saying no it's not okay i am wrong i am a failure this is my fraudulence and sit in that uncomfortability and then allow your soul to you know see what happens in the midst of that pain and suffering so in pain and suffering it's very powerful to channel positivity out of negative energy so In the midst of this negative energy, you you look at yourself frowning upon yourself, you're self-sabotaging. Then you look at yourself like, yeah, you are self-sabotaging and you are doing this and you are wrong. And, And sitting in that, but having enough power to not be a victim of that, but coming out of that. Mm -hmm. And then doing the self gratification and the self love and self appreciation that becomes more powerful than you just looking at it, dismissing it and saying, I give myself grace, I'm going to get better, I'm going to get better, because that is still the root cause is empty inside of you. And this is why people need inner child therapy, past life regression, they need to do thought release techniques, they need to do mirror exercises, like all those things is because they're not doing some things correctly. And I find in a lot of practices that that's why therapists and healers and RTT and Reiki and psychics, they've come to me to get these added additional tips and tricks so they can help their own clients or they can help heal themselves faster. And I'm not saying that it's the only way, but that's why we're giving this tip for free, right? Yeah. It's like, do do the work and it's it's gonna be a lot of work but it's it's better to do a lot of work now in a short period of time so that you can live a good 20 years rather than wasting 20 years like I did and having to die and be a victim and just continue on that path of destruction and, and just choose to destroy it now and then come out of it now and fix it every day in every way.
0: Yeah, I think the reason why I like to use grace and self-love and stuff like that is because I do feel like my inner child was traumatized, you know, because it sounds like maybe you said you were in a similar, actually, you know, if we're going to compare situations, like I never saw my mom, you know, do what you said earlier. So um sorry that you had experienced that as a child. That's so sad. And like whenever we are children and we have parents that are probably single parents and um they don't have time for us. They don't see us. They're yeah. really busy just like providing for us and yeah. just, and, and also they're probably wrapped up in a lot of their own thoughts, feelings, and emotions, which I do because I don't know how much time we have left, but I do want to talk about your children and what you teach them because I'm amazed by it. I think it's great. Like I think right now, probably where I'm at on my journey, it's not always been like this. Um, but I I do think what I want and what I need right now is that grace and self love because I've never just had someone tell me it's okay, Ray. Like yeah. this is, you're not going to leave yourself. You're not going to go astray. This person's not going to leave you, honey. Like it's okay. And I like, I've never felt okay. And I've just never felt like comforted in my life. So on my journey where I'm at right now is like, sometimes when I'm in that moment of like, oh, I need to change. I need to do this. I need to do that. It starts to put, build up like this hyper vigilance in me that I'm always trying to fix things because I was always trying to fix things as a child. You know, I was the fixer. I was always, it was my job. And now I'm like, Oh honey, we don't even have, we don't have to fix that right now. That's that we're going to let them do them. And yeah, I focus a lot on myself and also just like, so yeah, I think right now I'm in a process of like, calming my nervous system down a little bit if that makes sense
1: grace and love <laughs> is very important you have to but you have the strength to do it because you've done a lot of shadow work you've done a lot of mm. healing i'm only saying it for the people who are do not doing it like mm. if if we just say give yourself love and grace but they're not facing the truth and the facts and they're not surrendering admitting then it then it comes across wrong right mm. um the yeah, self-love. I kind of forget
0: that. I, I kind of forget. <laughs> I'm not there. Any- you know what I'm saying? It's like,
1: yeah, we forget how far we've come. And then we don't, you know, we just think, okay, it's all about love, love, love. But then,
2: yeah.
1: you know, there's, there's a lot of good that comes out of uh facing the fraudulence. But mm-hmm. but the self love and appreciating yourself is good when you have someone guiding you through the process. And then you can guide them through the fraudulence, you know, Mm -hmm. that they can receive it a little bit better because if anyone's seeing this and saying, Oh, well, so I'm already self-sabotaging. I'm already have anxiety and now I have to do more of that. They're not prepared Mm -hmm. to do that. So yeah, give yourself some grace and confidence and endurance and uh, you know, motivation and inspiration through that dark energy, channel your dark energy into something positive to get some strength and then do some of the shadow work maybe later right yeah Uh, yeah, you're right grace is very important
0: and I'm like, I'm like, man, cause I feel like we could go on forever. And I'm like, do I want to open this can of worms with your children? Because I saw, I saw a couple of t- talks or maybe it was on Instagram. I don't remember, but like your daughter was saying something about what she was choosing, like not to watch or something like that. And She said, yeah. she was saying something about, yeah. And my brothers did. You're like, don't compare. And I was like, oh, that was so cute because I was like, yeah. if only as a child I'd been taught to kind of look at my own paper keep my eyes on my own paper and don't compare but I also really loved what she was saying like do you remember the video I mean I'm sure you do what what was she choosing to do which I'm sure you've taught her to do
1: right so I have so much content that I have to re-upload because they banned my son's TikTok and he had so much more content but I was teaching her to um be mindful are cognizant, aware of her decision-making. So mm-hmm. when she's swiping, I want her to realize the algorithm she's inputting into the world. I want her to be aware that she's a conscious creator. So mm-hmm. I want to slowly program, reprogram, re-educate her that she is aware that everything she's doing is reciprocal of the energy that's going to come back. She's in control. So if I don't do that as a parent, like our parents didn't do it for us, then we're going to be a victim of what comes next out of those swipes. Right. And, and Mm -hmm. we're going to think that, you know, it's just inevitable. That's what life is about. Oh, compare your brother or bullying or fighting or arguing or watching all these algorithms come download into our children. So the more, Mm -hmm. if we want to balance and play with this duality, we have to be as on top of our children as much as social media is on top of them you know what i mean we got to find a fine line because we can't keep them isolated right we got to give them some some you know give you know like mm-hmm. if they want to watch it like i'm not completely taking it away i'm always observant i'm always cognizant i'm always listening i'm always hearing right I'm aware and And I know probably
0: asking them questions. You're, you're Uh, getting them to pause and think about what's, what they're doing with a lot
1: of things in life. I've been coaching them since they were in the womb. Right. And (laughs) a lot of conscious parenting is different, but we weren't, I was told I was shit. I was garbage. I flushed my brain down the toilet. I was kicked in the ass, literally like physically being kicked and hit and punched and uh, you know, bullied and, and alienated and, and, you know, belts, the, you know, metal side and rolling pins being hit, you know, and, and just being battered and shut down my entire life from both family members on both sides through the divorce and Mm -hmm. other father figures and mother figures and stuff and never uplifted. So it was very hard traumatic for me to become where I am. So it's hard. If someone wants to say, you know, It's hard. I I understand you, right? I I feel you and I hear you. It's hard, but Mm -hmm. you know you can do it and you can you know make it work, right? People need guidance. (laughs) People need guidance. You know, I wasn't guided, and it's so unfortunate that you know. It's actually fortunate that I have been able to have this connection and then have that near death experience. You know, it was one of my biggest blessings to have that bang in the head, but. Mm You know, it's a little somewhere. more than
0: a bang in the head for those of you that you'll have not, we did not get to get into that. It was, he, you ran a car into a house, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah. I hit a house going 100 kilometers an hour. I ejected headfirst out of my vehicle entirely. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I know, like, like, <laughs> People might just think you like fell off the ladder. It did not happen that way. <laughs> and for y'all that are, are confused, because we're not, I, get, I don't think we're going to be able to get into that whole thing. I really do want y'all to go and listen to the other interviews that Malcolm has sent me because he does go into a lot of detail and I'm glad we were able to talk about like bits and pieces of it. But I'm really glad that we got to get into more of this because like I said earlier, I do think that you chose this for a reason. And I wanted to more focus on the reason you came back than what kind of spurred that whole thing. Cause we have that already. And I'm really interested in like what you've been doing moving forward, like your mission, what you've learned, what you're channeling to me as a channeler, I can tell you're channeling, whether you describe it that way or not. I'm just glad that Well, I don't know. Is there anything else that you you really want to say? What's coming
1: to me is to help people change in difficult times. So they don't have
0: to run into the house.
1: So they don't have to die to say they could have, should have, would have do it all over again. Cause Mm. some people won't have that opportunity and chance. You know, um, it's not a superpower. It's not something that you want to look up at or think highly of someone that had a near death experience. A lot of people that have a near-death experience come back and they're still blind to the realities around us. They're just so fixated on now I'm a near-death experiencer that they don't know about the food conspiracies. They they don't know about the the chemicals. You know, they don't know about the, you know, the industry. Like I'm just kind of giving side notes here, but Mm -hmm. do your own research, look at labels, read labels, find out what's going into your body. And then, Don't you don't have to be a conspiracy theorist and bash or condemn or judge anybody, but just do what's right for yourself. So in this difficult time, I feel that you can change. You know, how Mm -hmm. do you do that? It's through process of elimination and manifesting backwards, you know, learning more about yourself, understanding those aha moments and those enlightenment moments. And, and get those self realizations. Now, you don't have to die to experience that you don't have to go sit under a cave, you don't have to be isolated to reach these levels of awareness. It's just uh, getting the tidbits that we've been saying here today is just, you know, put it all together and, and do it, do it all. It, it, that's why we're here. We're not mm-hmm. here to just go on autopilot.
2: Mm-hmm. We're here
1: to program ourselves to become our higher selves you know, Mm -hmm. pull our future self into the here and now so we can quantify our experience in life.
0: And I was thinking a lot, I mean, it's interesting hearing you say this, it's sparking something that I've been thinking about for the past week or two. And I've been thinking about like a lot about prayer um, and how much when we look at the world and we're disappointed at what we see, like, how are we supposed to, shift that. And like a lot of us feel a victim of the world as well, but like hearing you talk about this and hearing myself talk about this, it's like, um, my goal in, in like my social medias and all my podcasts and stuff like that. I say this sometimes I don't say it enough. I don't care about having a lot of followers. I'll just be very honest about that. What I hope to do and what I think I'm here to do is to spark that one person that may have that if that makes sense. And if it's me, then it's me. But if it's not, I like to bring my presence places and teach and help like what we're doing that person that may change the world, or you just might be somebody that changes your community, your family, like think about people underestimate how much when you change your life, people around you change as well. Yes. And we're not, we're not the ones like telling them to change, but they see that light within us. And then it starts lighting up other people. Yes. So when we think about the world and how it's created and like how the, the world is, if me and you are talking like this and we have other people talking like this and we all just start kind of like turning our light on and trusting that if we can walk through the light, our life like that, then more people will turn on their light. Then we will see the world that we want. But when we stay kind of like what you were saying, we'll refer to it as like, as in the darkness or the unconscious. And if you're looking around the world, you're like, why is it like this? It's on us to turn that light on. so
1: Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better. That's exactly what people need to start doing. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just self-reflecting on your life now. Mm
2: -hmm. Do your
1: life review now. Start observing and noticing and asking questions and seeing how are you projecting out? Are you watching the news and think that it's a sad life? Well, that's what you're going to keep attracting. You know, I have clients that I'm specifically coaching just for, empathy and sympathy how to reverse engineer empathy and sympathy i have talks about all of that as well but yeah you are what you project and the world is giving you exactly who you are right Mm -hmm. it's we're going to have
0: to have to write a book on that called the world is projecting who you are some version of that because that that's a whole nother like 2 hours though like I know it I know it sounds so simple when when you say it I know what you mean because I see it every day in my life I'm like oh this situation I project my thoughts onto each situation that happens in my life based on my thoughts I get to manipulate the situation that I'm observing but like I get it, but I don't know that everybody, when you say, I say that life is a mirror, but it took me a long time. I'm still seeing how much life is a mirror every single day.
1: There's (laughs) lots of examples. Like when you're about to buy a car Uh, you start seeing that car, everywhere. when you start really thinking about that girl or that guy or or your mom or you you miss somebody, you're channeling that energy out and they're picking up on it as a receptor, right? So we're constantly need to learn that we need to be in receptor mode, but we have to be cognizant of it. So people can just use that as an example, like you're about to buy a car and then you start seeing that car everywhere or you Mm -hmm. thought of somebody and then that person calls you it's that level of awareness um just be more in tune with that level of awareness and practice and nurture it and love it every day just like how we need to appreciate our emotions turn that fear turn that negative energy turn that anger take that pain ditch not han says take that mud and what grows out of mud what grows out of mud? flowers and roses and beautiful things grow fruits and vegetables so we don't need to suppress it. We can transform that energy because it can't be destroyed. We can only transform it. And this is how I got over my anger issues and so many, so many things like we might have to do another part, but I know yeah.
0: I know, because I'm like, because now I'm like, you know, another way to, and I love how you're like talking about the psychic vibrations, but also we can take it down to more like simple level of like, think about when you signed for that car. And then if you're in the future, you're like, oh, I hate this car note, you signed for it you know, or, oh, I hate this area that I live in, or my, I don't really like my partnership. There was a day one to that partnership where you chose that. You can also choose another, you can choose another place to live. It's like people end up getting so trapped in the reality that if you really go back to the moment when you stepped into that reality, you stepped into it, you made that choice. So why is it so hard sometimes for us to take another step and get out of these situations? And so I think, I don't know about your views on that. But again, yeah, like you said, we may have to do a part two because this was, um, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it's, it's so nice sometimes to just talk to people that speak my language. (laughs) Yeah. You know, people probably
1: asking, how do I change that? Or how do I manifest that? Like, yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, Ray, what you're saying is I'm now unhappy with the place I live in. Now I want a different car. I want to my relationship to get better I want another relationship how do I do that you know there's there's answers to it you know Mm -hmm. like I can I can give a little a little tip here when I when I was manifesting broken down things broken down cars because I come from that background from childhood it's like my mom was a single mom raising two children so she only could do what she could do right so Uh, We were living in basement suites and, you know, I've seen rat mice, rats, roaches. I've seen things like I've seen the Mm -hmm. gutter. I grew up like that. Right. And it was, it was difficult, but over the years I realized the way you look at things when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. So I started Mm to put it into practice, right? I -hmm. changed it from a quote into an actual practice. So instead of looking at my oven that was breaking down, like, Oh shit, we got to get another one. The landlord's going to, you know, and then I would attract the landlord saying, no, you got to pay for it. It's broken down. You did that. So we attract our circumstances and our karma. So I started to love it. And I touched my stove, my oven. I'm like, thank you so much for serving me. You served me for so many years. I bless you. I love you. I appreciate you. And I sent signals that landlord appreciates us and he, they're going to take care of us. And I just practiced that for a couple of weeks. And then we got a brand new one, right? We got a. and the landlord was more receptive and said, mm. for sure. We'll, I'll take care of it. Don't worry. So you can change what you're manifesting by the way you think and the way you believe and the way you see things in mm. prayer. And pray. And in that, the way I, I liked but, how you so, mentioned
0: so, the, the prayer, because I've been really, when I asked the universe lately, cause I was like doing a lot of work, uh, lately. And I was like, something about this doesn't feel right. I shouldn't have to work this hard for all this money. I'm not going to lie. And so be, I just. Be
1: mindful. Don't be the prey of prayer. So when you pray, how do you pray? Are you saying, I hope I wish, you know, I want, I need, or are you saying, you know, I'm being a humble servant to my higher self. I appreciate that. I know I'm also a conscious creator, right? Being a humble servant, but also knowing that you are a creator, knowing that you are creating, right? I
0: definitely think like what was happening one week, I was like, this isn't for me. This isn't supposed to be this hard. And so I just told the universe, it was something like every day I was almost like pausing before I worked. (laughs) And then I was being, I was told by the universe, like, just, just chill out. Don't do anything for a week. We'll give you this money. And then, so I had to believe that every day. And I was like, I don't believe this. And then I got like hundreds of dollars put in my hand, like cash. It wasn't just being brought in through my PayPal and stuff. And I was like, oh, so the universe can give me it in different avenues as well. Yes. So it was, it was also the trust that I had in the universe to be able to also be receptive, like you said, in the receptive mode. So like I said, so yeah, maybe we can do a part two on another, you know, if it, if it comes up and we want to talk about just something totally different. I also just want to say, you know, Malcolm's been talking about life reviews. Uh, You do those, correct? Yes. You want to talk about that really quick before we, I would like to talk about your business. Say
1: like doing a life review here on planet earth, or are you talking about uh, something else?
0: For your, for your business? Because you, I, I saw you could book a life review with you, right?
1: Oh, yes. So I do a, a, a free consultation. Uh, I call it a life review because we go over your life and we can review it together in real time. Mm-hmm. And then I, we pick the areas and we start to understand where you're at and where we can get to the root cause so you can start changing and becoming a better version of yourself. So yeah, you could book that on my website and uh, it's uh, www.guidedintelligence.ca and then free consultation. The life review is very important, but I do like past life uh, regression. I do inner child release techniques, thought release techniques, and all tools to help you serve you when you go to sleep. You shouldn't sleep with your emotions. And people say, how do I go to sleep (laughs) when I'm emotional or Mm -hmm. I have anxiety or depression or I'm mad at my partner or my spouse? These practices will help you release and understand your thoughts so then it doesn't hinder your sleep or your emotions when you're trying to meditate and pray. Because meditation doesn't help your life unless your life is already being helped, then the meditation practice starts serving you, right? So when you have your life in balance and harmony, then you start meditating, then you can start manifesting better and healing and quantifying your experience, Otherwise, meditation itself doesn't just help. You can meditate every day, but still feel stressed out.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. That was actually my experience when I first started meditating a few years ago. It actually took yoga for me to actually calm my nervous system down. And Talk to some yogis. They say that that's because yoga prepares you for the meditation. So, basic for some people, and we can go on that again another day. We've gone down lots of roads. So, Malcolm, I really appreciate you coming on. And I don't know if there's anything else you want to say. Like you already kind of mentioned all your courses. I want to make sure you have that. I'll put all your links and how people can find you in the description below on the podcast. And, um, and again, y'all, if you want the full story about his near death experience, um, um, I'm not going to apologize for not going over that because there there are resources below for that and I hope that this was an addition to what Malcolm's doing and like his purpose here and how he's supporting people and I really just wanted to focus a lot on that. So
1: thank you so much for having me. I appreciate all your in-depth questions and challenges. I love those questions and I love being challenged. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Rise inside, my dear, eyes
2: inside, feel your beat next to mine, let the light
1: hit your eyes and your palms open wide
2: to the universe saying hi.